Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we take a focus on grain markets, which have been extremely volatile this spring. We start the program with our Friday interview with Adam Pacallo at PI Financial. Later we also hear from Errol Anderson with Pro Market Communications in Calgary on grain market volatility. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau announces a consultation process for a new five-year farm support program. And she also outlines a compensation program for poultry and egg producers. We talk with the crop specialist in Humboldt on spring seeding. We also have an update on flea beetles in canola and a new private member's bill in Ottawa aimed at improving rural internet service. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Grain markets continued an upward march this past week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola gained $48 a ton this week, while spring wheat futures were up 50 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, November canola increased approximately $48 a ton, so uh, continuing its uptrend from last week. And Minneapolis wheat on the July contract increased 50 cents a bushel approximately. We're up now actually $1.10 a bushel since May 26th. So what are the factors pushing up the grain prices this week? Well, starting off on the wheat front, it really has been a harsh start to this spring wheat growing season. No surprise, there's been hot weather in the prairies as well as into the Dakotas as well too. So that has been really the main driver from a a weather perspective. Uh, We are also starting to see some of the other grains such as corn and soybeans move higher as well too. So that's definitely bringing up the wheat markets as well too. And it seems that 
you know, the, the dry weather is here to stay for the short term. Um, however, there is a little bit of rain in the forecast, but that's, there's many different models to look at. So on the canola front, however, we are seeing canola here near resistance around 760 a ton on the November contract. And really that's been caused from soybean oil and going to new contract highs. Some of the other oil seed markets as well to palm oil quite strong. So how high can canola and wheat go? Well, Jim, nobody thought, I guess, the July could ever get to $1,000 a ton, and here we are uh, when it happened back in uh, early May. So to say that November can't reach that, I'd never say never. So we are still seeming positive on that front. And again, if other markets do remain supportive, like the soybean oil side of things, that is good for canola as well, too. On the wheat front, I would really say we are in a bit of a weather market, to say the least. $8 on on Minneapolis is definitely an area where we've seen a little bit of resistance here. If it goes above that, you know, we could easily go another you know, 20, 30, 50 cents higher for sure. So there's still more upside, but it's sure been volatile this spring. Well, and definitely volatile. As I mentioned, just that dollar a ten bushel here move on Minneapolis wheat, that's basically happened in, you know, a little over a week. And that just really shows, I believe, how producers need to be paying attention to the prices this time of year. I know, again, busy time of year with, with seeding and, and other things, but these are times where there can be profitable pricing opportunities for new crop, and that's what I help uh, my clients watch as well. What's the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, Jim, the trend is your friend. I've said that uh, before. Right now, the trend is up, and that's seeming like it could stay given other factors, but that can turn around very quick. So best thing to do is make sure you have somebody on, on your team to be paying attention. So is this going to be a weather market then for coming weeks and months? Well, Jim, the 8- to 14-day forecast is dry and hot. So with that being said... Markets could keep going higher. Adam Piccolo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and Co-op Hail Insurance. They've been there for farmers for over 75 years, and they'll be there for you. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau has launched a federal consultation process for the next agricultural policy framework. The framework is a wide-ranging federal-provincial agreement to replace the current five-year, $3 billion Canadian Agricultural Partnership, which expires in March 2023. The consultations launched this week are designed to gather ideas from various groups. These groups include farmers, processors, women in agriculture, youth, indigenous communities, environmental organizations, and small and emerging subsectors. Consultations begin this month and will continue through the spring of 2022. The federal government says farmers and processors depend on a solid foundation of support, and Bobo encourages all representatives of the farming and agri-food sector to get involved in the consultations. Federal and provincial agriculture ministers are to meet in September to outline the consultations and set priorities in developing the next five-year agricultural policy framework. The federal government says poultry and egg producers can now apply for compensation funds to boost their competitiveness. 
The Poultry and Egg on Farm Investment Program is now accepting applications. Over 10 years, the program will provide $647 million to support on-farm investment. Each producer is entitled to an amount proportional to their quota holdings as of January 1st of this year. Applications will be accepted until March 31st, 2030. The federal government will contribute up to 70% of the project costs, increasing up to 85% for young producers for new barn construction and equipment upgrades. The support programs are designed to compensate for concessions made in recent trade deals. The average chicken producer will have access up to $122,000, an average turkey producer up to $147,000, egg producers $111,000, and hatching egg producers up to $375,000. X. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by the Executive Director of Clean Farms, Barry Friesen. Barry, how are you today? I'm terrific. How are you? Doing fantastic. So some really good news this week. You broke a, Farmers and yourselves have broke a recycling record. Tell us about it. Well, uh, we've been operating an empty pesticide and fertilizer container program that's been in existence since 1989. And last year was our banner year. We collected 76% of all the containers that are out there, which is a new record. We've been sort of slowly creeping up every year, getting a little bit more. But, you know, last year, depending, uh, based on the results, we wanted to really broadcast that farmers did a terrific job. Barry, what happens to the the plastic containers that aren't recycled? Are they they just ending up in landfills? Are they being burned in backyards? Like, where's the slippage going? The slippage is really going probably in landfill. There may be a little bit that is being burned on the farm. Uh, we don't recommend either because we have a free program for farmers to participate in. And the reason probably that some do not make it into the system is uh, when farmers get busy, perhaps uh, the workers that were, were emptying the containers and properly rinse them or prepare them for it until they end up going into the dumpster and into the landfill. Not really a good thing, but the reality is that more and more farmers are doing it. Our studies have shown over 90% of the farmers are participating in the program. But now as our programs have become more popular and we're collecting more materials, they're getting around to doing all of it. Well, we talk about sustainability and uh, talking to consumers domestically on some of the great things that farmers are doing. Recycling these plastic containers really would fit into that kind of messaging. Oh, you bet. It makes a whole lot of sense because we want to keep this plastic in the the economy. And uh, the reality is uh, if you don't recycle them, you're taking jobs away from other Canadians that would be recycling these because there's there's really no benefit, no economic benefit to putting these things in the landfill or, or even burning them on the farm. There's a lot more benefit for environmentally and socially by recycling them. Barry, what, what happens to the recycled plastic? Does it, does it, does it kind of end up being any kind of plastic, do you know, or does it end up being another chemical jug? What happens to it? It all depends on the type of plastic that we collect. When it comes to the chemical jugs, currently most of it is going into 
uh, drain tile that seems right back on the farm. Uh, not on the same farms, obviously, but uh, the uh, farms that use drain tile uh, will, will buy a lot of this material and put it back on the farm. We're actually working on solutions, and Brazil has sort of cracked that nut a few years ago. They're actually making new pesticide containers out of old pesticide containers. Very, very successful, and we're pursuing that here in Canada, too. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, like, why even recycle them? Why not just collect them, wash them, and they just get used again? Is there reasons why they have to be recycled? Uh, well, there's a lot of technical reasons. Uh, these these aren't Kool-Aid containers, so they require a lot. They, they have to be very robust and pass a lot of specifications. The small containers currently cannot be refilled. But a lot of people don't realize that 40% of the pesticides in Canada are delivered in refillable containers. So a lot of larger farms are using these larger bulk containers that are reused over and over again. So there is a very significant uh, reuse component in, in Canada today for the pesticide industry. And we're starting to see more of that in the, in the fertilizer industry as well. So there's a fair bit going on. Um, uh, ultimately, the small containers, because of the nature of them, uh, specifications don't allow them to be refilled. But as I said, we're working towards solutions so we can make new bottles out of the old bottles. Now, I'm assuming, Barry, that 100% recycle, you, to have 100% target would be a, a pretty tall goal. But right now we're at 76%, it's a new record. Do, do you have objectives in mind? Where's the next stop on the bus in terms of where this could go in terms of incorporation? Is it 80%, 85 what are the What are the targets? Well, I can tell you, we keep moving the bar. We, we, our original goal was 75%. We've now reached 76%. So our next target, and we'll be talking that uh, as a company with our board to set new strategies uh, for, for new targets, probably 80 to 85%. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, a heat warning remains in place for much of the province. Partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers this afternoon, risk of a thunderstorm today. And tonight, wind northwest 20, gusting to 40, the high 31, the low 16. Saturday, mainly sunny, wind southeast 20, becoming southwest 30, gusting to 50. The high tomorrow, 30, windy, the low 13. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 22, the low 10. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 25, the low 12. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 25, the low 14. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 25, the low 14. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 25 degrees. Normal high for this date is 22. The normal low is 8 degrees. The sun rose at 4.50 this morning. It sets at 9.04 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Estevan at 32. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at 17. On the roundup, Saskatoon and Swift Current both 26. Weyburn 30, 
Yorkton is 28, once again Estevan the hot spot at 32. Regina part the cloudy in 28, that's 82 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 23. Humidity 36%, the barometer rising 100.5. Part the cloudy in Moose Jaw 29, winds are from the north at 26, gusting to 35. Once again, Regina, 28 degrees, that's 82 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The commodity markets have been a roller coaster ride again over the past couple weeks. Errol Anderson of Pro Market Communications in Calgary says much of what we will see going forward on the markets through the summer will be dependent on the weather. This is truly a weather market. Uh, the market is very, very sensitive to what's occurring now in uh, the northern U.S. and in the Canadian prairies. Also, central Brazil is still dry. And we've seen, uh, for instance, India's uh, cooking oil prices have uh, hit a record high uh, this week. And uh, the November contract, which last uh, week drove down toward about $680 a metric ton, uh, surged uh, this week to above $760. So, you know, it made a move of $80 a metric ton in just a few trading sessions. The spring wheat market on the futures on the December contract went from 685 this week up to 807 uh, looking at the deferred delivery contracts, uh, we have heard uh, number one CWRS 13.5 percent bids as high as 950 per bushel for new crop wheat. So uh, tremendous gains overall on some of these markets. Anderson outlines what he plans to keep an eye on in coming weeks. There's two things. Really, the one is uh, the key one is weather. Uh, we have to keep an eye on that. Now, the, the the central and southern U.S. is getting good rain. So the winter wheat crop there is actually in uh, quality is starting to go back to, you know, it's getting better. Uh, the spring wheat is certainly under pressure right now, so weather is key. Another one we're watching, though, is equity markets. You know, the equity markets are suspiciously going higher day by day, and it just seems like it. there's no bust in it at all. If we do see a correction, it'll tug on everything from cryptocurrencies down to commodities. So that's something I'm eyeing here in the month of June. That's Errol Anderson with Pro Market Communications in Calgary. Crops in east-central Saskatchewan near Humboldt are in good shape. The crops extension specialist in Humboldt, Mike Brown, says seeding is virtually complete in his area and crops are germinating. They're looking pretty good, actually. This uh, The recent rain seemed to help them out quite a bit, and and lots of rows are popping up in the fields, and it looks like we've got some uh, some pretty even emergence out there, too. What uh, seeding completion do you have? Around probably, I'd say, at least at 80 to 90 percent. A good majority of the fields were seeded. You know, there's a few left to go here, but, you know, we're pretty much wrapped up, it looks like. It's a hot week. When will crops need rain again? Oh, yeah. Looks like it's going to be plus 35 today. Drying winds, not not optimal conditions for some young seedlings. But, you know, I was digging around in the soil out there in some of those fields, and it looks like there's some still some pretty good soil moisture in the topsoil there in that top three inches. So, you know, I'd like to see some rains in the, in the next couple weeks at least. But there is there is some moisture there for those seedlings. 
Any losses to frost? Actually, surprisingly, that not that I saw. You know, I, I had heard of some frosts around the region, but the crops that I was out looking at, I did see a few little frost bands on some cereals, but any of the canola and the peas I looked at, they looked great. There was no damage, nothing that would have uh, required a reseed. What about crop losses? Uh, what are the main causes of crop losses this past week? Uh, anything this past week probably would have been from um, any insect damage likely. Uh, I haven't seen anything for cutworms or flea beetles yet. That'll be the big one to keep an eye on here for the coming week or so as these new canola plants start to emerge. We're looking at from the day to seeding to emergence, you're going to get about three weeks of activity on your insecticidal seed treatments there. So you want to keep an eye on those flea beetles and make sure that that insecticide's working. They do have to take a bite out of the plant, unfortunately, for that treatment to work. But keep an eye on the defoliation on the cotyledons, and hopefully we can get those plants to the three to four leaf stage, and they'll make it through the any flea beetle pressure they see. You know, from that, the rain seemed to really kind of kickstart everything, and it's it's greened up quite a bit. Even some of the hayland, it's from, you know, two weeks ago to now, it's moved and is very green. So hopefully it starts it in the right direction. Mike Brown is the Crops Extension Specialist in Humboldt, about 220 kilometers north of Regina. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And SMHI, landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost. Contact your RM office today. Municipal Hail, Farmers, Insuring Farmers. Canola growers are checking early germinating crops for flea beetles, which can become more active under higher temperatures. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada in Saskatoon. There are patches that are pretty bad out there, and there are areas that are really, really good. The seed treatments are more than enough to control them. So I think the key is to go out and assess uh, assess for flea beetles, and if you do have see some eating, some pressure, to regularly be checking those fields and checking field edges. They can be fairly patchy throughout the fields. And this year, with the canola crop being a little stagier coming out of the ground because it was dry, uh, maybe less plants in those fields, keep in mind that you want to be really on top of it because we don't want to lose any more plants. So just regular scouting is key right now. The rain over the May long weekend is promoting both crop and weed growth. You generally do see a flush of weeds a week to two weeks after that. So we're kind of seeing that now. A lot of the early seeded crop might be a little bit ahead of it, but especially because moisture seems to be at a premium, especially on a hot week like this, really important to be doing early weed control. Protect the yield for the plants, save some water for them before it goes to the weeds. So making sure we're really early with our first pass of herbicide. And you know, and the benefit for a lot of canola systems is if we do get a later rain, later flush of weeds, we can go in by that second time. But the key is to get that first pass down early and do it well. Epps's plant stands are a little more patchier than usual. Uh, a lot of guys are chasing moisture, and that's not necessarily a bad decision. Uh, we do see some complications then where canola was planted at an inch, inch and a quarter. That might not be too bad, but then we got the rain and the furrow spilled in, so now that some of that canola is two-plus inches deep. So some of that canola is going to push through the soils are warm, but in some cases we do kind of have two separate canola uh, crops kind of coming up in the field the early stuff that did catch that moisture and popped up a bit earlier and now this late stuff coming through and a bit of soil depth so just a lot more variability and really at this point it is what it is 
EPA indicates frost damage from last week is less than expected. There was some frost damage to canola, but a lot of canola was germinated, but not quite emerged or not fully emerged or seems to have pulled through not too bad. So we also had a couple cold days right before those frosts to maybe condition the canola just a little bit. So for the most part, there is some plant stand cause. A little bit of reseeding is happening, but it would have been a lot worse, I think, as the frost happened three, four days later. A lot more canola would have been out of the ground. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Canola gained 9.30 at 7.25.57. Number one red spring wheat went up 5.93 at 3.32.52. The rest unchanged. Durham at 2.90.27. Feed barley 2.77.68. Flax 7.01.94. Lentils 7.70.50. Oats 2.16.53. Yellow peas, 356.14. Feed wheat, 238.84. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, spring wheat gained 15 and a quarter cents at 7.92 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 500 cattle on offer at our Tuesday regular sale. Lots of cows are still showing up here right now. These good, big, strong, high-yielding cows. 98 to $1.09. We did have a big cow. She weighed 17.15. Bring $1.16 and 50. These medium hay-fed cows are 89 to 96. The good bulls are $1.05 to $1.16 and a quarter. Not a lot of yearlings on offer here right now. And we are selling every Tuesday here for the summer months. We'll be receiving from noon till 7 on the Mondays. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,000 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 238 to 264 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,300 head, selling in a range of 239 to 268 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, June 5th are Oldie West 2020 contract, 245.90, Oldie West 2021 contract, 254.90, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 238.50. Ham's Cash, 236.50. Thunder Creek Brico, 233.70. High Life Cash, $253.47 per CKG. Ham's Cash Hog price today is up and four contract prices open higher this morning. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed to finish the holiday shortened week. With the and the current price for the Brandon Moose Jaw plants, once again, 239.03 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. Thanks. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Saskatchewan is reporting the strongest job growth and lowest unemployment rate in Canada for the second consecutive month. 
StatsCan says the number of people working in Saskatchewan grew by 4,100, or 0.7%, the highest growth in Canada. Nationally, job numbers in May fell by 68,000, or 0.4%. The unemployment rate fell to 6.3% in Saskatchewan, down from 6.6% in April, and down from 12.43% a year ago. The national unemployment average is 8.2%. Career Training Minister Jeremy Harrison says Saskatchewan employers are hiring, as shown by over 7,500 jobs posted currently on sasjobs.ca. Gains year-over-year year include the trades, up 18,400 jobs, educational services, up 7,300 jobs, and the private sector, up 53,000 jobs, or 19%. Off-reserve Aboriginal employment also saw a gain of 8,800 jobs, or 18%, the sixth consecutive month of year-over-year -year increases. Saskatchewan's seasonally adjusted employment of 563,000 has recovered 98.34% of its pre-COVID employment level of February 2020. Meantime, the Saskatchewan government has announced the minimum wage will rise 36 cents an hour to $11.81 October 1st. The increase is based on a formula giving equal weight to changes to the consumer price index and average hourly wage for Saskatchewan. There have been 13 increases to the minimum wage, totaling 48% since 2007. On the markets today, the TSX is up 68 points at 20,009. The Dow has gained 123 points at 34,700. Oil is up 61 cents at 69.42 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has gained 18 one-hundredths of a cent at 82.76 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good fall. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.